Hello. Hello. Industry. 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 Hello and welcome back to Industry Tactics, your your podcast on weirdo music culture in the city of Toronto and beyond. And this week, again, we go beyond. We go to the city of Guelph in the final installment of our co-presentation with the Guelph Jazz Festival, one of my favorite festivals in the world, and our our conversation with Scott and Karen from the festival uh, to set things up. And this week on the podcast, they're found, the founder of the Guelph Jazz Festival, Ajay Hebley. Uh, we get into it from, from his place in the Gaspé, which is quite exciting. So we're going to travel to Quebec uh, and... and Hopefully some of those ocean vibes will come into your ears as you're listening to this episode. I'd like to also say I'm uh, I'm going to be at the Guelph Jazz Festival this year premiering a piece called The Birds of Marsville with my mechanical street or organ. Go back to episode 30, 34 with Hank DeGrau who uh, helped, he built that organ and I wrote this special piece uh, part of a larger concept, this thing called the Birds of Marsville, and it'll be the 16th, 17th, and 18th of September 2021 if you're living in the present with us, and go to GuelphJazzFestival.com for all your festival information, check out their incredible lineup and what they're doing, it'll be socially distanced, I'd love you to be there, uh, it'll be an outdoor, three days outdoor uh, my, my performance um, in three different locations, so Check out the schedule, and uh, I do hope to see you there, and we'll all be safe, and we will have fun with this mechanical street organ. Uh, okay, so here it comes now, um, an introduction with Scott and Karen, and then we get into it, episode 131, with Dr. Ajay Heble. Take care, everybody. So here we go. Welcome back to Industry Oh, yeah, Karen, go for the clap. That was really exciting. I was, I was actually wondering if your sweaty palms have anything, you know, what's the ratio of Don't loud claps versus... <laughs> okay, here go. I go. Ready? Wow, a dry clap there from Karen Eng. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, the assistant artistic and general director of the Guelph Jazz Festival. Delighted to have you back Karen and Scott Thompson, the artistic and general director, thank you for making time over the last four weeks. This has been a joy leading up to one of my first, um, one of my uh, the, uh, one of my favorite festivals in in the country, uh, the Guelph Jazz Festival. Um, such a, tr- a national treasure, this festival, and I can't help think of it without its founder, uh, Aj- Ajay Heble who is our special guest uh, on the podcast this week as we lead up to this year's festival on September the 14th to 19th. Um, can, can uh, well, you know what? Yeah, why don't we talk a little bit about Ajay? We get into it with Ajay, um, but please, uh, if, if you can, uh, both of you, just uh, share some of your thoughts and reflections on Ajay and how important a, a figure he's been in your lives. Uh, so I went to the University of Guelph to study English literature in uh, 1994. Mm-hmm. I I grew up in Toronto, but but studied at Guelph, 
And I'd been on the campus for about five days or something like that. It was the end of Frosh Week, and it was that day when there are the the those short little classes, your first introductory uh, introduction to the the syllabus and the and the professor and whatnot. Anyway, I was walking in the corridor with somebody who whom I just met, and I I guess I said the word jazz out loud. Yeah. And Ajay whipped around. He happened to be in the corridor, whipped around and said, did you say jazz? You're kidding. <laughs> that's how this all happens? That's, a, that's a, how this yeah. all happened. And that was, 1994 was the first Guelph Jazz Festival. And I actually didn't attend that year. What? Except for hearing Black Cabbage play a free concert on the University of Guelph camp- campus. Wow, I was Scott. doing other things that Frosh Week, if you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but in the years to, that followed, I became first yeah. uh, a, a regular attendee, uh, a passionate follower of the music. Uh, later on, I became a broadcaster at this at CFRU where I would often partner with the festival and play the music that they were going to present. Later on, I became a member of the board of directors. I worked as a volunteer manager for the festival. I worked as a uh, artist hospitality coordinator. Um, Over the years, I started performing in other people's groups. I started playing with my own groups I was like you were rich, an artist in residence through the IC program. And all of these opportunities and developments go hand in hand with Ajay's formidable energy and vision for creating uh, a truly original musical event. Mm. And when he retired in 2016 and I got hired in early 2017, uh, I knew that a big responsibility that I faced was to live up to that uh, example. Yeah. And that example includes honoring the tradition that he set forth and also to uh, follow my own creative and imaginative impulses the way that he had. Um, and I'd like to think that uh, his example has stood me in good stead to do so. Awesome. And now I'm doing it with Karen as well. What a what a special thing! What a special thing! I feel like um, I'm almost. I, I want to say that I'm glad uh, that I know Ajay in the way the way that I do, which is um, just knowing just what a massive uh, figure and and um, influence he's been on on so many levels through the festival uh he would normally just be a person that i'd be very intimidated to meet i think and i think of uh the few times that we've gotten to you know or or just the few few moments that come to mind are actually just uh very uh i don't know like uh humble little moments when i would see him at silence with sheila or i i think we're at at a show together at this we happen to be at the same show during kazoo best um a, mm-hmm. a few years ago and just getting to talk to him and knowing him as sort of uh yeah just a person opposed to uh you know knowing that he's done all these 
you know, or has such a long history of uh, doing these massive things. Yeah, it's kind of nice that if when I think of him, I I just think of these moments where I've seen him just around in Guelph, and I'm kind of happy that I know him in this way. Uh, Otherwise, I would just, I don't know, melt or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Well, Guelph, you're all very, uh, very lucky. I, I admire this. I, I, I'm, I envy the city of Guelph and, and, and much of it is due to our next guest. Tee it up. This is episode one. Why am I doing it in the Andy Frost voice? <laughs> episode 131 with Ajay Hebley. All right, I'll stop. You're Enjoy. squinting too. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got to get into character. Enjoy. This is episode 131 with Ajay Hebley. Industry Tactics. Oh. The lovely, lovely. Now, there's a bit of a lag between us, so don't mind our timing. We're just trying to figure each other out because where do we find you this fine morning? You find me in Coin du Bon, the Gaspésie region of Quebec. You see, that's pretty clear audio from where I am at because we are not close <laughs> at all. I thought you might have been in Guelph, no. but no, you're in the Gaspé Z and he just showed me a beautiful image of the ocean. So how, how long have you been doing this summer saunter to the Gaspé Z? Oh, we've been coming here since about 1990. And well, uh, we just started out because some friends of ours had uh, told us about the place they'd come here. On a yeah, okay. and uh, they took the train. The friends from Toronto, they took the train here. We did the same thing the first time. Uh-huh. Fell, uh-huh. fell in love with this magical place. Uh, stayed yeah. at the auberge, which happens to be right next door to where we now own a chalet. Wow! Uh, and wow. and we would come pretty regularly year after year and stay at that auberge. And then finally, we thought we would love to look for a place and. Uh, Oh. We, we landed at uh, this beautiful chalet right next door to where we've been coming since 1990. Oh, my God. So that's really so special. Remarkable. Yeah. 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 And it's, wow. And I it's, had no idea. And it's right on the ocean. So uh, yeah. I, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can't get closer. So um, now that's a, it's a trek to get up there. So so you have to design your life. So that I guess maybe the, the Zoom existence has made it a, a little a little easier, but you, I'm assuming you go out there to, to get a little bit away from a lot of the noise. We do. Uh, I do work yeah. here. I am working uh, right now uh, okay. over the, over the, uh, you know, the summer months, uh, yeah. but yeah. but it's a great place to be working. Because, you know, <laughs> go for long walks along the beach yeah. and uh, fantastic yeah. view, ocean air. Uh, I mean, I just come for the air basically. Cause it's uh, yeah, spectacular. I come for the air. Yeah. Great, it's great line. It's great incredible. Line. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah, love it. Love it. And it's a very, uh, um, it's a very productive place to be working. Actually, I find. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. On account of the air, the ocean, yeah, all of the, that. the yeah. beauty. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, and, yeah. You know, not too many distractions. Okay. Yeah. Have you made a lot of friends out there? Like, uh, 
We have, you yeah, know, um, quite a few. Yeah. I mean, partly because it's the uh, area that we've been coming to since yeah. 1990. But yeah, uh, yeah we've made uh, our neighbors are very close friends here, which is fantastic. Wow. Wow. And wow. Uh, so, and I've started to run um, uh, for four years. I didn't do it last year because of the pandemic, yeah. but I ran um, yeah. a music improvisation, a week long musical improvisation camp here. I think we talked a bit, a little right. bit about that, right. as right. well as a series of concerts that I've put on here. So oh, started to do some, you know, community building uh, with with music here. You great. call it community building. I mean, I call it, oh, great. So now the infection has gone all the way to the Gaspé Z. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Couldn't keep it contained. Eh? That's right. Yeah. Got to love it. Got to love that. It's infectious indeed. Um, so you split your time between Guelph and Gaspé. Like, this is a beautiful life. It's good. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's far. You know, it's 22 hours. It is far. 22 it is far. hours. Yeah. And uh, you drive you you drive it every year. Uh, my wife drives. I don't. I actually don't have a license, so she oh, Sheila, great. Sheila drives. I accompany okay. with the dog okay. yeah. with Braxton. You got great. Yeah. great, great uh, but we take great. Our, we take our time getting here. Yeah, we take three yeah. or four yeah. days, okay. which is nice. Okay, okay. Yeah. And, nice. and we have flown here, uh, and we've taken the train. No longer comes, unfortunately, but uh, no, the train was not. the best way to get here. It was it was wonderful. Right. Right, right, right. Interesting, interesting. Um, it, it it does. It is a fascinating thing seeing train routes erode. It is like yeah. it's just kind of. So was that a few years ago? I think I did. Yeah, hear a about number this. of years ago. Yeah, I mean, we keep yeah. hearing. You know, uh, there are various activist groups in the community that are <clears throat> trying to yeah. to bring the train back, and we hear that it is coming back. But uh, I guess a lot will depend on elections and governments and funding. I see. Yeah. But interestingly, the, the first time we came here, uh, one of the closest friends we made in 1990 was a woman uh, named Cynthia Patterson, who um, was involved with a group called Rural Dignity, which at that time was really working hard to keep local resources in these communities and villages alive. So post, op- post offices, train stations, uh, and they did. They were quite successful for a while. Uh, wow. But then, you know, I think... Um, I don't know exactly how long ago it was, but probably maybe ten years ago, the train mm-hmm. stopped. Yeah. Her name. The name of that organization was Rural Dignity. Rural Dignity. Yeah. That. That's. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, look, I barely introduced you. We got into it. I got so excited by the ocean. You know, I, I haven't seen the ocean in so long, but oh, yeah. it's like, oh, th- there it is. You know. Um. Please, in, how do you introduce yourself when you're like, uh, let's say, at a dinner? No, at a dinner, you probably just say, "Hi, I'm Ajay." Yeah, yeah. But, but like when when you're maybe when you're at a conference. Uh, so I think I would say, "Hi, my name's Ajay Hable. Uh, I'm the founder uh, and former artistic director of the Guelph Jazz Festival. I'm a professor uh, in the School of English and Theater Studies at the University of Guelph." And I'm the director of the International Institute for Critical Studies and Improvisation, something like that. I'm 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 glad you were able to get 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 us started here. That would have I I are I already started with butchering your last name. So that's okay. um, apologies. <laughs> Many that, do. that that's how I guess I, that's we'll call that my brand. Okay. Um, now now that was that was an that was an earful a mouthful. Um, do, 
How long have you been at this and and when did it all begin for you where you knew because I've talked so much about you, believe it or not, on this podcast, talking about um, the fascination, you know, it comes with people like Joe Sorbera mm-hmm. and many others, many others I've interviewed where we talk about the uh, the backdoor way of getting into music through Guelph, mm-hmm. like this little secret society that you formed, which I love. I'm so fascinated by it studying weirdo the some of the weirdest music in the world through music at the University of Guelph. We better not even mention it on this podcast, but I don't even think the University of Guelph know what the fuck is going on there, right? Uh, I think they're and I, I love that. I think they're starting to uh <laughs> catch <laughs> yes, I think they're actually quite behind it. I mean they're I, as they should yeah, be, yeah, as yeah. they should be. Yeah. So, so where did it all begin for you? This love of uh, of music. Let's start there. Oh, uh, so I grew up in a musical household. My dad mm-hmm. uh, was a classical Indian musician. I mean, he was a mathematician by training, but uh, he was also a sitar, mm-hmm. a very good sitar player and classical Indian vocalist. So, I grew up surrounded by music in the house. Um, we, uh, my parents, used to hold house concerts. Uh, where, wow. where you know very famous uh, classical Indian musicians would pass through the house and perform for the community. Amazing. Uh, and at the time, I didn't really think much of it. I thought oh, this is just you know what any very cool, vibrant community would be doing. But you know yeah. now I I think back on it and I think wow, those were really extraordinary times. Uh, where, where did you grow up? I grew up in North York in Toronto. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so uh, yeah, I just I had music in the house and uh, I started playing piano. When I, mm-hmm. when I was five, uh, I think I told my parents that I really wanted a piano and they obliged. <laughs> and right they put me right in on. lessons, which, uh, you know, I took for a few years, um, but uh, didn't last very long, my lessons. I'm, I'm, you know, I regret that. I, somewhere around junior high or maybe, yeah, junior high, mm-hmm. I probably mm-hmm. wanted to play more street hockey. So I abandoned my piano lessons, <laughs> uh, you know, regret. But um then in high school, sure. in high school, um, yeah. uh, I had this amazing music teacher, Dr. Philip McConnell, who you may know. He's a composer, and he, mm. he taught composition in grade twelve and thirteen. Oh, amazing! And so I had uh, you know this amazing opportunity to study composition with uh, wow. Dr. McConnell, wow. and that wow. that was really a formative time for me. I was playing. Okay. I was playing in a in a band with a couple of other friends, which was really a, a kind of experimental electronic band. I played synth at the time. Awesome. Yeah, I played synth. So uh, it was called EKM for Electronica Contact Music. We were very influenced. Oh, shit. We were very Amazing. influenced by the German rock scene of the 70s. Awesome, awesome, bands awesome. like Can and Tangerine Dream. And yeah, Roy, yeah, right on. Wow. Uh, and Italian music like Sensations Fix, like the Popova, you know, wow. That was really the stuff that was uh, inspiring me cool. at the time. Cool, and cool, cool. Uh, we played a number of shows at the time. We we did a, a recording, a professional studio recording. I think I was in grade 12, maybe, 1978. And, you know, mm. I, I found that recording, uh, a cassette tape of it, uh, many years yeah. later. And it, it sounded great. Yeah. It still sounds great. Uh, you know, it, it kind of predicted a lot of things that would happen musically. By much more famous mm. people, you know. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun and uh, an inspiring, really um, creative time for me in high school. Yeah, sounds like it. Sounds like and it. And then I went on to play um, with uh, 
another group. I'm trying to remember. The next group was more a kind of jazz rock group called mm-hmm. Infinite Limits. And uh, we did quite well. We played the Alma Combo. Uh, yeah. We played Harborfront. Uh, we did nice. a number of shows. We had a lot of airplay. I think we came in second on CFNY's The Great Ontario Talent Search. So got a lot oh, of exposure wow. at that time. Okay. Uh, um, we had a vocalist who sang in English and French. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, kind of jazz rock along the lines of, I don't know if you know, Cano, the Sudbury group. No, uh, no, uh, no. Franco-Ontarian group. Really cool jazz okay. rock group okay. uh, from that period. Cano. They were inspiring okay. me at the time. But uh, yeah. So the, we we played a number of gigs and uh, and you you were still playing synth at that uh, time synth, synth, and synth and piano and I was composing okay, I mean with both those okay, bands wow. I was composing wow uh, and then um, after that I played in a, a more kind of avant garde group uh, called uh, the Pleasant Guys G U I S E and oh, that God. was with uh, Richard Underhill before he was Amazing. In, before he was in the Shuffle Demons. Yeah, well okay. before the Shuffle okay. Demons, with Don Amazing. McKellar before he was a famous uh, wow, you know, wow. uh, television and radio, uh, television and movie yeah. guy. Wow, 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 uh, what a band. And, yeah, what really, a band. really cool band. Uh, we had a fantastic uh, percussionist who doubled on guitar. We had... Uh, How old are you at that time? Uh, I would like, have been you... early university, I think. Okay. Yeah, like and where did you go to university? Uh, university of or... Toronto, yeah. Okay. So, okay. yeah, we played a number of gigs around universities. We played li- okay. libraries. Wow. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Wow, uh, and that was a lot of fun. But uh, you know, we did you have, say we we played libraries? Yeah, yeah. Well, like we played, uh, you know, love. Uh, I'm thinking of Palmerston Library in, in downtown Toronto, which has a very nice auditorium. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, got it, got yeah, it, got yeah, it, got yeah. it, got it. For some reason, I I saw you guys between the stacks. Oh, that would have been just, cool. <laughs> I mean, I thought that would shh. Everybody just shushing you. You play Gavin. Hey, we got the gig yeah. here. And, I don't know who booked us. <laughs> and uh, at that at that time, I was starting to improvise a lot of the music. Okay. Although it was composed, uh, there were long yep. stretches yep. of improvised, uh, you know, okay. uh, improvised sound. So that was very cool wow. and experimental wow. music. Yeah. So that that was really cool. And then um, uh, soon after that, I mean, I was playing a little bit with other people, but soon after that, yeah. I moved to Guelph. Uh, that was 1991. And- what did you? What were you studying at U of T? So I did my PhD in English. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I got okay. hired in the English department, and I like to joke that at the time that I was interviewed interviewed for that job, which was a job in Canadian literature, uh, I'm mm-hmm. sure that I said to the woman Connie Rook, who was interviewing me, that mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to start a jazz festival, and I'm, you know, I like to joke okay. that's really okay. why she hired me. Uh, she, she was the founder of the Eden Mills Writers Festival. They're one of the founders. Oh, I see. Right? So okay, great. I think great, she, great, she great, would have great. gotten it, right? Right, um, right. So, right. Uh, cool. so I was hired in 1991 at, at Guelph. And uh, in 1994, with a small group of other people, I started the Guelph Jazz Festival. Um, oh, amazing. Yeah. And, amazing. and by that time, I basically put all my efforts into organizing that event because uh, you know, it was really a full-time, it was a volunteer gig, but it was really a full-time volunteer gig alongside yeah. full-time, you know, university teaching and research. Yes. So yeah. uh, I basically stopped playing at that point, uh, which, okay. yeah, okay. just, I mean, not by choice necessarily, but just, you know, it just happened that way. Uh, yeah. yeah. So then uh, the festival got off the ground and took off very quickly. Uh, you know, the early years we were quite successful. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and uh, I guess the rest is history. I mean, there's there's lots more along the way, but uh, that's that's getting wow, anyway. What a ride! And <clears throat> you know what I love about it is just 
you knew early on with all of this that like i, I think you, you you just mentioned even uh like citing that at your interview yeah um you kind of i guess you had all that's kind of weird to me that it's like you you knew where you wanted to be with all of this you wanted to connect the dots in a way that totally made sense and yeah. i think just you know you i know, think really i think it was intuitive yeah. initially uh, you know, so one thing I didn't tell you is when I was doing my PhD at University of Toronto in mm. English, I actually wanted to write a PhD thesis on jazz and critical theory. Oh, and, damn. and they said no. They said, I mean, now I think they said, oh, yeah, pretty cool. But now at the right. time, right. Uh, you know, like the mid 80s or whatever that was, yeah. Yeah. they said, yeah. no, yeah. you can't do that here. So, um, Interesting. yeah, so I ended up writing a thesis on Alice Monroe. Uh, mm. which was great. I mean, I love Alice yeah. Monroe, and uh, uh-huh. I ended up publishing a book on Alice Monroe. Um, but um, wow. the second book I did was actually the book that I wanted to write as my original PhD thesis on jazz and critical theory. So Landing on the Wrong Note, which is my second uh, book publication, oh, wow. Wow. Uh, became that that project. And um, That's cool. That's also a lesson that I hear a lot of, um, which is don't make the PhD thesis necessarily. Don't think of that as like the, you know, your, your, your final destination, just, just get through it, do the thing. And then really do the, really do the thing, which is what you've, I think so. Yeah. And, and, you know, displayed. And obviously the, the Canadian lit work is what got me my job, which, which gave me the ability and the resources to continue doing this other work. I love that. I love that. I really, I really do. I think it's, um, you know, I'm seeing this thread as of late through a lot of these interviews I've done with um, just last night with Sarah Kim Turnbull from the Markham Jazz Festival, yeah. the artistic director, director there. And more uh, a few weeks ago with Frank Paul from uh, Detroit, from just outside of Detroit. Both of them are saying kind of uh, paraphrasing, but keep a day job, something stable that you can really plant your, your feet on uh, to, to do the weird stuff yeah. on the uh, after. And, and you, you've, you, in a way you've modeled that too, is that you, your work at the university of Guelph, I, I wouldn't call it a day job. It's helped you. Uh, it's helped you just leverage all of the, the things and really maximize a vision. Yeah. Um, but, it, and now it's to, to a point of confusion. It's like, when I first found out what you were doing at Guelph, I thought, this is amazing. You know, the, wait a minute, you would do it through English. I remember you yeah, telling yeah. me about, I was scared. I was like, <laughs> no, man, I can barely spell. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's fascinating. And, but it's, it's really in that spirit too of, yeah, of course it's English. Of course it's multidisciplinary. Yeah. Of course, of course you did it that way, you yeah. know? And I, I truly admire your path because it's a weird one. It is a weird you know? one. Yeah, and yeah. But, but what's been interesting now is that I've been able to take the next step, right? So mm-hmm. initially it was about, you know, doing the CanLit, um, teaching and research, continuing to publish in that area, supervising students in that area, but kind of doing the jazz thing as a, you know, as a second piece. A little more quietly, yeah, little, not, not yeah. exactly. I mean, yeah, quiet, but, but, but it, you know, yeah. it was a kind of research interest, but I was still yeah, doing, yeah. still along that uh, Canadian lit right. path. Uh, right. But but eventually what happened is that I 
uh, started to find ways to link my interests, my community-based interests in the Jazz Fest, which I'd started wow. with my academic interests. So the book was the first step, the Landing on the Wrong Notebook. Right, but, then, but then uh, I thought, okay, 1996, I thought, uh, let's start organizing a conference uh, mm-hmm. as part of the Jazz Fest. Um, there you, go. you know, what a great way to bring together my academic interests, because I was working there on this go. book, uh, with with uh, my community work. And so that took off immediately. And, uh, and the conference became a really interesting model uh, for all yeah. kinds of reasons. It helped um, uh, not only to bridge the academic community gap, but it helped to, uh, more than any other aspect of the Guelph Jazz Festival, I feel that it helped to build an audience for the music. Uh, a music that in some other context might to some people have seemed off-putting or challenging or difficult, right? Because um, unlike the other festivals in the country, most of them at Mm -hmm. least, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't want to offer a something for everyone approach with the programming at the Jazz Fest. I I really wanted to focus on innovative experimental music. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good for you. And, you know, whereas... um, when other festivals in Canada, for the most part, there are some exceptions, but for the most part, when they uh, program more experimental stuff, uh, yeah. it's you know part of a program that also includes more mainstream ticketed items, which help to pay for the uh, you know the, yeah. the more experimental yeah. music. And yeah. I didn't want yeah. to go that route, so okay. um, I feel like the the colloquium has been a really important audience building strategy. It's really okay. gone a long way in helping to build an audience for the music because what, yeah. what happens is that the audience gets to hear the performers, the artists speak about their work mm-hmm. or to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, engage in ad hoc workshops uh, yeah. and, yeah. and ha- have in this kind of intimate setting where they can back and forth and have conversations with them. And so mm-hmm. it kind of, I think it um, demystifies somehow what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it's really, uh, I think, been a, an important way to bring people to the music. Because, of course, the aficionados who uh, love the yeah. music will travel far and wide to come to hear it. But uh, building uh, an audience in the community for the music is another thing. And I yeah. wanted to do both. I wanted to have that international audience, but I also wanted to build a real community interest and audience for the music. Can can you um, just riff for a, a little bit and tell people some of the caliber of the artists that would be walking through the streets of Guelph any given mid-September um, throughout the Guelph Jazz Festival? Like, sure, it's yeah. such a gem of a festival in our country. I just yeah, feel. you know, so it could be anyone from William Parker to Evan Parker to Pauline Oliveros to. Amina Claudine Myers to the Art Ensemble of Chicago to the Sun Ra Orchestra, uh, Kid Koala. I mean, it's uh, there you go. You know, that uh, good, uh, including artists yeah. who had never come to Canada before. Evelyn Petrova, who's the oh, accordion wow. player from Russia, who I think I was the first person to bring. Uh, uh-huh. The Moscus Trio, this fantastic young trio I saw in Norway, uh, one of my favorite young ensembles. I brought them for the first time to Canada. So uh, a lot of artists that you wouldn't get to see in, uh, you know, uh, in in Canada or in North America. What's the recipe f- to grow an AJ Heble? Did I get it? You did, yeah. I've only been mispronouncing it for two decades, <laughs> but... Um, 
a kid grows up in in North York, obviously with with with, with parents who um, have a you know a, a deep understanding and appreciation for music. But you're you you take such an interesting um, like your 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 look at the way you you build community. But I do I just think the way you approach it. What's the recipe there? Like, what do you think it was that? If you were to say, like, yeah, you could do this too, I just wonder, like, how do you get there? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think there are two things that come to mind. I'm not sure it's a recipe, but two uh, pieces of advice, I guess. One is yeah, surround yourself with really good people, because uh, if you don't have good people, it's not going to happen. Like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I had amazing people working with me all through these mm-hmm. projects. Uh, mm-hmm. And the other kind of relatedly is... Um, you know, staff support. So we haven't, uh, you know, come to the Institute yet. Um, If we get to talk about that, I mean, uh, you know, the the only way I'm able to do that work with the Institute is by having uh, incredible staff. So if I'm publishing five books in two years and uh, you're doing all these projects and running a festival and everything else, the only reason I'm able to uh, realize that dream is that I've got incredible people uh, helping me make it happen to realize that dream and that vision. Okay. So, uh, and the other thing is perseverance, right? Like, like I think in the early years of the Jazz Fest, as I think back on it, there was a lot of, not a lot, but there was resistance, right? Like in a small community like Guelph, um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Guelph already had uh, the Hillside Festival, which was yeah. great, yeah. you know, a folk folk and roots festival and it had the spring festival which was much more mm-hmm. kind of traditional mostly chamber music and both very successful um but i was trying to do something different right like a jazz yeah. fest but not just any jazz fest uh, no. uh, kind of experimental experimental jazz fest and um yeah yeah and yeah. there was you know even from within uh you know the, the the people who were involved with the festival there was some yeah. uh you know like what is this this isn't jazz as we know it Uh, Why don't we just bring in some mainstream artists? So uh, I had to convince people. And, you know, there are various ways to do it. But one of them was the tourist draw. I mean, clearly, uh, we were bringing people in from all over the world who wouldn't come to Guelph otherwise. Uh, They were bringing dollars into the community. They were staying in the hotels. They were shopping in our bookstores or record stores. It's good that you have that, that that you're not naive enough to, like, that you you acknowledge the, the, the things that, boring politicians yeah, get excited it, right? by yeah, you, you yeah. need to yeah you know yeah um so that that was part of it but um eventually i think you know i think the turn I, I could kind of locate the turning point in some ways that um mm-hmm. i think it was maybe 1997 somewhere around there okay. um where there was an article a national article in the globe and mail that talked about this gem of a festival in Guelph there you go. in our in our backyard. And people locally said, Oh, there's an article Wait on our minute. little festival in the Globe and Mail saying this is a gem. Like, uh, and suddenly I think that made a big difference for people, right? Like they said, Oh, that's cool. There's something happening cool. in our community. And then, you know, I mean, it took a while, but um yeah. then people started yeah. to take pride in this event, like you know, that, that yeah, was bringing yeah. people from all around, even if they didn't get the music, they right, started to understand right. that there was something special happening in Guelph yeah, yeah, and they yeah, started to celebrate yeah. it, which was really nice. 
Yeah. You, you know, you, you're a, you're a, you're a connoisseur in so many areas. How did you, when you were artistic director of, of the festival, when you were like really curating it and shaping that vision, um, how, how did you go about like preserving the weird or just like really like, how, how did you go about programming it essentially? Like, uh, you know, you, you, how did you discover new stuff? As yeah. Well so there were two things. One is uh, just doing my research so I would I would go attend other events and festivals, uh, you know, both in Canada yeah. and elsewhere, insofar mm-hmm. as I could. I, you know, I don't travel a lot, right. but uh, I was, for yeah. example, invited to Norway by the Norwegian government to listen to music there. Uh, received some at the time that uh, Canada Council was offering money to artistic directors okay. to go to okay. festivals. Cool. I would do that occasionally. I would often go to Victoriaville, which was in many ways the the closest yeah, the sister the sister festival yeah, yeah, yeah. and the inspiration, yeah, nice. you know. In yeah, many okay. ways. So okay. I would go there, uh, would go to Vancouver. Uh, so, yeah, I would attend other events. But there was also yeah. um, a process by which uh, artists could submit uh, unsolicited materials for my consideration. And okay. so okay. I would I would go through that. And um, uh, usually, you know, as with any festival, probably I'm booking a year and a half, maybe even sometimes two years in advance. Yeah. Because of the yeah. grant deadlines and so on, right? You need a, at least yeah. to have a yeah. rough program mapped out well in advance mm-hmm. for those grant deadlines. So I would be, mm-hmm. you know, um, mapping out my program a year or two in advance. But um, I would often uh, have this kind of keep active, uh, se- you know, uh, keep active category. So when uh, a, a submission came in, an unsolicited submission came in that I really liked, even if I couldn't program it in that particular year, because I already had a program mapped out, I, I would mm-hmm. contact that artist and say, can we stay in touch? Uh, you know, maybe, okay. uh, and if they were from you know, yeah. Europe or somewhere, I might say, yeah. and maybe you can even try to get some funding from your government to come here to right. help support right. or work yeah, up a go. little tour or whatever, right? So yeah. 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 often yeah. it was a kind yeah. of longer term process with the unsolicited yeah. submission. Sometimes it just worked out. Like somebody might say, uh, yeah. I have some money from Denmark this year. I can come. And I'd say, okay, Great. well, let me see. If, you know, let me see. <laughs> yeah. We'll try to make it yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, That's a gift. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was a combination of things, but uh, a lot okay. of it was research, uh, go- yeah. going to events, buying records, you know, listening to things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some of yeah. it was, uh, you know, taking, uh, uh, you know, I had advisors, people who would give me yeah. input, yeah. friends uh, who'd say, have yeah. you heard this? You know, or yeah. or, or would pitch projects yeah. to me inevitably, right? Um Okay. So, uh, yeah, uh, I was, what a, what a fun playground though, that you created, right? It was, I just, I, I look at, I, and I look at them as like, they're, they're spokes on a wheel or something. It's just like, because I, I, I when, when I started getting involved, it was definitely like, at that time it was called ICAST, I guess. Yeah, right. Yeah. But they were there. It was just all intersecting. Yeah. And so, so you had a stage to put some of the stuff that was in development that was linked to the university that's in so right. many ways, right. unique yeah. ways. And it was just, that's the beauty of what you created that I think is, is a model that we can learn from because, you know, uh, other universities and smaller communities, especially could be, I mean, and they won't, but they, they could be taking these kind of approaches. I think it's also what makes Guelph really special yeah. is that you figured that out and maximized it. And that's your thing like that. I think that is a bit of your signature on that. Yeah. You know? No, I think you're right. You know, looking back in retrospect, mm-hmm. uh, when I started the jazz fest, I never would have imagined all these other things. 
right? Wormholes, so, yeah, 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 con- yeah. You know, yeah. leading to a conference, yeah. leading to a journal, yeah, yeah. Lead- leading to an institute. And now, okay, graduate get program. us to the institute if, if you can, because it's it's just a fascinating evolution, right? Yeah, so um, I think I mentioned the conference. So in 1996, I think, uh, yeah. I started an academic conference as part of the Jazz Fest. Uh, and that took off. And people um, would be writing to us from all around the world saying, you know, we'd love to come, but mm-hmm. it's at the beginning of the academic year, because always in September, we're, oh, right, te- we're, right. we're teaching. Uh, I never thought of that. Yeah, yeah. I, a number yeah. of them would arrange their schedules so that they could make it mm-hmm. work. But a lot of people couldn't. They said, are you going to publish yeah. stuff? So then, yeah. um, you know, Daniel Fishland and I published uh, two two early books uh rebel musics yeah. and the other side of nowhere yeah. which partly yeah. emerged out of conferences we'd done but uh, uh but then we started a journal uh critical studies and improvisation uh etude critique on improvisation and mm-hmm. uh and that became uh, it's an online peer-reviewed uh open access journal uh so available to wow. anybody at uh, criticalimprov.com and we started publishing articles there that some of which maybe had initially uh, being presented as papers at the colloquium so the people would have okay. access to them. Uh, okay. And then that led to the formation of a research network that uh, got, you know, turned into um, a large scale uh, multi-year grant from the Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council uh, that was yeah. ICASP, as you mentioned, the uh, yeah. Improvisation Community and Social Practice Project, which involved uh, a number of researchers from around the world, I think uh, 35 researchers and probably about wow. 30 community partners. And that was about a, an eight-year grant that uh, resulted yeah. in the training of over 200 students, uh, 17, I think, postdoctoral fellows, uh, a number of uh, outreach projects in various communities, some of which you were involved with, right. uh, with Kids Ability, for example. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a website with uh, probably about 400 specially commissioned articles and films and interviews, uh, hmm. several book projects, a uh, number of other uh, things. Uh, yeah, and then that led to the next phase. So that grant ran out, and then we applied for another grant through SHRC, the Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council of Canada. And that was um, a partnership grant that funded uh, the formation of the International Institute for Critical Studies and Improvisation. So the first the, the first grant I mentioned for ICASP, the, the goal was actually to, um, for, to, to basically uh, uh, build a field of inquiry, a brand new okay. interdisciplinary field of scholarly inquiry uh, called All Critical right, Studies and Improvisation. Okay, and at the okay. end of that seven or eight year grant, I think we were able to say we had done that. We had a journal. Right. We had a website. We had trained right. and mentored over 200 students. Uh, right. We had postdoctoral fellows, some of whom were getting jobs in the field. Uh, we had a book series with Duke University Press. Like, you know, so there were various mm-hmm, things that mm-hmm, were mm-hmm. pointing us that in that direction that, yes, mm-hmm. we've established this field of inquiry, brand new field. And we had scholars that are all around the world doing this work. The next phase was to institutionalize that field of inquiry, to make it formal. Uh, so with uh, the okay. second grant, uh, the partnership grant, we applied for uh, the funding in order to institutionalize the work with uh, the building of an institute. So we became a formal institute, the International Institute for Critical Studies and Improvisation. We also received a CFI grant, Canada Foundation for Innovation, to uh, uh, establish a brand new building. So I think you know this, but we're in the midst of uh, 
just yes. finishing up a brand new research and performing arts facility. That we'll, Is it almost built? It's almost I guess built. with COVID. It, yeah, it's been slowed down, but uh, construction yeah, yeah. is ongoing, and it's slated okay. to be completed by the end of this year, uh, by the end of 2021. Yeah. So, so by next year, we should be able to move in and start using it. Yeah, it's the, very cool. Very, very cool. So that was part I of mean, the goal. Part of the goal of um, this process of institutionalizing, like building, yeah, uh, building yeah. our own facility. And then the third thing uh, was to establish a brand new graduate program, our own graduate program. So okay. as as you already mentioned, uh, people were coming yeah. in through the, essentially through the back door and working yeah, with us yeah. through the English department. Yeah, uh, yeah. which worked out for a number of people, but for other people, it wasn't ideal because they had to, you know, uh, learn about a discipline that wasn't necessarily their discipline, right? So this this became a way to, uh, you know, build our own field and support our own students. So we're now... I would almost say it's gotten way too logical over the years. <laughs> that's too bad. That's too yeah. bad. But too no, logical. that's exciting. Really exciting stuff. And um, like heroic. Like I just, I, I just hearing you walk us through that last chunk of your of your career is like you have really helped me and others define what community building looks like when you mention people like uh, organizations like kids ability yeah i mean that's been amazing work yeah the way you look at community the way you approach these projects well you you know you yourself have been very inspirational in that regard too uh, Thank with you. some of the work you've been doing. So you were a natural fit for us to, you know, to yeah, come we and found each other. Did, we, yeah. d- didn't yeah. we? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I believe that, but did, 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 when you're, when you're looking at these projects, Ajay, and your brain, I just want to get a little more in your brain because it's a, it's a bit of a muscle, isn't it? Like it's a bit is an understatement. You're, are you looking at these things in seven year cycles? Like you, you did mention having the vision for ICASP initially, yeah. I guess it's, you have to, because that's the grant application yeah. to an extent, but. Yeah, I think um, that's right. So um, with the shirt grants, because they're long-term grants, yeah, uh, we do have, to, that's powerful. It is. Uh, it's incredible. The amount of uh, funding yeah. and uh, resources that become available to yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, it's a yeah. ton of work to manage you know, that many people and that yeah. kind of funding, but uh, yeah. it's made, yeah. it's made things possible that we wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. Okay. But yeah, because uh, it's such a large grant uh, for such a long period of time, they do require that we produce what they call milestone reports and yeah. seven year yeah. timelines. Right. So okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, that was part of the project plan uh, to build mm. that vision over. And of course, uh, because of the nature of the work we do, uh, we leave room for the unexpected, for things to develop, uh, for partnerships to develop. So even the Kids Ability yeah. Project, which I think has been one of our most successful and powerful partnered mm-hmm. projects over the last 12 years, uh, I don't think that was initially planned in the oh, cool. uh, in that yeah, initial share of, grant, right? So yeah, it emerged of impro- improvisation, yeah, right? It emerged yeah, early yeah. on, but it wasn't, I don't mm-hmm. think, I may be wrong, but I don't okay. think Kids Ability okay. was one of the initial partners. Good so, that there's yeah. enough room yeah. in the plan to remain elastic. Yeah. I think that would be co- contrary to, to what you stand for otherwise, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Um, can we talk about the Guelph Jazz Festival, your your separation from it, essentially, and, and, and this afterlife that you've seen? I mean, this podcast is going to come out in partnership with the Guelph Jazz right. Festival. Yeah. And, and I just, um, I think it's really important, this idea of, 
sustainability and giving something new voices and just seeing it seeing it from a different perspective now that you look back at on it with it with a different lens right like how has this afterlife kind of been for you and 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 yeah what what are your thoughts on looking back on on the festival and where it's going now and looking forward with it you know from a different lens yeah interesting question i mean it's um uh when i gave up the festival in 2016 uh, it was not an easy decision uh, because it was such an important part of my life, right? Like, right. in some ways, it right. was the critical piece that linked everything else together. Uh, right. All my research, right. you know, uh, a lot of my friendships. You know, I often have said, yes. uh, I've often yeah. said that, of course, it's about the music. I love the music. But more than that, it's yeah. about the community that has yeah, come yeah. out of this, right? Like, it's a, That's it. uh, it's such a Both. vital part it's, of my life. Yeah. And so yeah, 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 giving yeah, it up yeah. was really difficult, but it also felt necessary at the time. Okay. Uh, okay. You know, I had had a heart attack some years earlier. Uh, right. So really, uh, you know, going through a lot of kind of stress and uh, over, yeah, over yeah. you know, just, just uh, being overworked. Uh, yeah, the the yeah. work with uh, IC was really... Uh, you know, uh, pretty intense and uh, a lot of stuff was going on. So the time seemed right to step back. Um, I wanted to have one more year. That was the 2016 year, because I think the previous year I had gone on sabbatical and hadn't really been involved. I was involved from a distance, but not really heavily involved. So I wanted to come back and do one more year, which I did. And I was I was happy with that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But yeah, it was it was difficult to give up. And interestingly, um, after giving it up, I'd see people on the street and they'd say, oh, what are you doing with all your free time? And, oh, yeah, yeah, right. and I would say, yeah. you know, I am so busy. Like, I haven't had a moment of free time. And I, I yeah. literally yeah. could not imagine how I could have done it, how I could oh have continued God. with the Jazz Fest and everything else that yeah, was going yeah. on. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I couldn't, just hearing what your life was. Yeah. I couldn't figure out how the you were making all the yeah. ends meet, right? Yeah, it was, so it had it to was, happen. It was a lot. I had to, yeah. I had to stop, but um, okay. I'm, I'm, you know, really happy that it's continuing, and it's, yep. Uh, yep. Uh, you know, I'm anxious to see what's going to happen. I mean, we've had the, you know, the COVID shutdown last year, and this year yep. again. I mean, obviously, yep. the, I believe yep. that uh, Scott and Karen are planning an in-person event, but I guess yep. Yep. there will be some limitations to what they're able to pull off with the, yeah, 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 the restrictions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see what what will happen um, yeah. in light of those restrictions. But I know they're committed to in-person programming, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Uh, anxious to see how that plays out. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I I feel like. Um, uh, you know, I, ha- I had worries about the festival after I stepped back because it mm-hmm. really was a lot of work. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but I feel like it's in good hands. And, yeah. you know, Scott uh, Scott was actually one of the people that I had mentored. There were, there were kind of two people oh. early on during the, the festival's um, mm-hmm. early periods uh, when you asked about, you know, uh, who, yeah. who I was working with. One was Scott, who was kind of an assistant to me many, many years ago. And the other wow. was the other wow. was Jesse Stewart. Uh, right. I think Jesse, right. we managed to get a grant. I can't remember now who it was from. Uh, was one of the foundations in uh, in Toronto, I think. Maybe, yeah. maybe Metcalf. Anyway, we got a grant. Okay. We okay. got a grant to hire a, an assistant AD or something like that for a year a year or two. Uh, so both okay. of both Scott and Jesse had been working with me in that capacity, and okay. you know, so in some ways they were always in my mind as two two people yeah. who would be ideal to take over. 
if if, there was, if, if they yeah. ever wanted yeah. to do that. So yeah. Yeah. so in some ways, uh, you know, I think uh, it um, the festival is in uh, is in good hands with someone who's already experienced has a long history with the organization. Yeah, you know, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. so that's good. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. It, it's an awkward position for me to be in, to be honest, uh, being no longer yeah. involved you know it's yeah. uh yeah and uh, watching from afar it's kind of weird yeah it, it, it is it's, isn't it it's it's both good and weird <laughs> well look i i'll say i just admire it because you know having done the, the stuff that i did in brampton when when i left the brampton indie arts festival just they tried for another yeah. year or three but yeah. it's like they got it really wrong yeah and yeah, it, yeah. It, it fizzled yeah that's so, it so so that's the other fate that it could exactly suffer, right? that's, it just that's goes what i was away. that's what i was worried about I, yeah, and i think yeah. i think uh with you know in, in the hands of scott and karen that's not gonna happen yeah, yeah. so gentle listeners karen ing uh co co-artistic director i guess right yeah. uh with the with the with the guelph jazz festival episode 50 on this podcast ah, scott cool. thompson episode 31 and uh ajay also mentioned jesse stewart episode 50 oh, so go back <laughs> go into the wormhole and listen to these interviews connect the dots that's fun for me i like to pair a lot of these interviews with others that we've spoken about and hang tight for this one um, you're going to enjoy this, gentle listeners. Go back and also listen to episode 33, Kid Koala, ah, yes. our, our deep dive with Excellent. Eric. So, yeah, Eric. So we go all over the place with this podcast. I'm I'm honored to have you on. I won't I won't keep you too long, but I want to. I I just how um. You you mentioned your health, and I, I you know, you, you know that 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 heart attack that you had. I was like, oh man, when you had it, I was just like, oh lord, like mm-hmm. it's just. I I wonder how you ha- have. Um, I'm just thankful we have you because it sounded pretty intense uh, when it when it happened. Um, and how have how did that change your life? Your approach, obviously, you you've managed to design your life differently. You decided to step back from the. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. from the Guelph Jazz Festival, but it doesn't sound like you've really slowed down. And w- my mom was having heart troubles a few years ago in the, in the, in the hospital and uh, we're in the emergency room and they, they zapped her and they, they got her heart yeah. back to normal. And uh doctor comes in and he said the weirdest thing to her. He said, look, you and I both know you're not going to change. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's what he told her i was like holy shit this is like the most honest doctor uh, you'll ever hear uh, so literally she went back home that night after having stayed in emergency for two days she went back home and just started cutting um melon up uh, again because that you know work we like yeah. she, she's a bit of a workhorse yeah. and are, are you you i mean i was gonna ask you a how many hours a night you sleep what, what's your sleep what's your average uh you know hours? since the heart attack i do sleep but you know, le- you sleep le- a little more. Oh, yeah, yeah. Leading up to the heart attack, I was not sleeping. Like, I was literally not sleeping. It was terrible. Uh, I was undergoing Incredible. a lot. I mean, I'm sure the stress was yeah. a, was a key yeah. dimension yeah. there. Yeah. But, um, okay. Uh, okay. but, yeah, post-heart attack, probably because of all the meds I'm on, 
Uh, yeah. I try to take a nap in the afternoon now. I get up really early. So okay. when you okay. said, let's yeah. talk at 7.30, I thought, yeah, I'm up. I'm ready, no problem. I, this, by the way, <laughs> gentle listeners, this is the first 7.30 a.m. interview, but why not? Why, why not? not? Yeah, why the hell great. not, yeah. right? Yeah, the we're, sun. We're bright-eyed. Here in the guest busy, the sun comes up at 4.30 yeah. or something, so no problem. Yeah, don't waste it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, this is late, actually. Yeah, that's right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I do sleep, uh, you know, at night, and I try to get a nap sometimes during the afternoon. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. So, so now I'm sleeping. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But, so, but the work and, thing and, is and hard. Yeah. You love it though. That's why you, you love it. I do love it. Um, I do love it. Uh, I try to keep stress to a minimum. Uh, yeah. so again, back to what I said, surround yourself with really good people. Uh, yeah. I have incredible staff at my Institute, uh, Rachel, uh, yeah. you know, you know Rachel yeah. Collins and before that, Justine, uh, Richardson, yep. like the, the, the most amazing yep. people uh, yep. who really, yep. Uh, yep. you know, protect me and uh, enable uh, yep. all the good things to yep. happen. Right. Yep. So yep. Uh, just having really good people support uh, the work you're doing has been vital for me. Right uh, on. But but it, um, but it was a wake up call. You know, you asked, like, how has my life changed? Yeah. It was a wake up call yeah. that I had. To, yeah. I had to give certain things up. Uh, yeah. I, I had to reduce stress, which was the key thing. I, I had okay. to eat. Uh, I mean, I always ate well, uh, but, yeah. but uh, you know, somewhere along the way during my heart attack, uh, um, after I got airlifted to Toronto, I had the heart attack en route, as you may know, from um, com- yeah, coming heard. back from France on a plane. Uh, yeah. And I, the plane had to land, emergency land in Labrador. Wow. Uh, wow. But then when they airlifted me to Toronto, I was diagnosed with diabetes. And oh, uh, and the yeah. um, uh, I think I met with, uh, you know, a, um, a, a number of healthcare workers. One of them was a, yeah, a, nu- yeah, a nutritionist yeah. from the hospital who uh, yeah. asked me to yeah. take her through a diet that I might have, and I did. Yeah. And she said, "Oh, you eat really well," because uh, yeah. you know it's always like organic food. And, uh, yeah. But then yeah. she said, yeah. "Let me ask you, um, that plate of pasta that you eat, does it fill the whole plate?" And I said, "Yeah, of course." She said, "No, not anymore." <laughs> so yeah, with the, the worst. you know, yeah. So with diabetes, I you know, I think one thing I've learned is. You can't eat large amounts of food, which I used yeah. believe it or not, even though I'm really thin. Yeah, I, yeah. I used to eat a ton, and then I would eat more. Yeah. Like I, I was just non- wow. nonstop, oh, wow. you know. So if I was- that's the thing about pasta, eh? Like I, when I start looking at the actual, um, like amounts that you're supposed to eat yeah. about pasta, yeah. I found I was eating like like eight times as much. Yeah, yeah. No joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Yeah, it's so good. But yeah, small amounts. And and gen- little, little balls. Yeah, and yeah. in general, uh, small amounts throughout the day, right? That, okay. Uh, food generally. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, so I you've you know change my change my yeah. eating yeah. Uh, yeah. patterns. Um, okay. Or okay. more, you know, more conscious, you know, more careful about getting protein and you know just yeah. stuff like yeah. that. But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say stress is the big big thing I've been trying to work on reducing and. Do you, are you one of these eaters that just eats to go back to the work? You're I like when you eat, are you a fast eater? No, no, not okay. necessarily. No. Okay. No. I'm a wolf. <laughs> I'll, I will choke every meal. Oh. Cause I'm just really not interested in the meal. That's my thing. I just eat to survive and then get back to what I really enjoy doing. You know, yeah. it's not that I hate eating. But I'm not really into eating and shitting. If we're getting into it now, let's <laughs> right. get let's get to know each other. You know, Should, seem almost seems unnecessary. Those two things right. coupled. You know, interesting. Anyway, 
Yeah, well, uh, this has been a delight. We're going to, what, should we end on that <laughs> note? Let's not, <laughs> um, <I w> <laughs> let's get to something else, please. What, um, where are you going? What are you working on right now yeah. on the Atlantic? Uh, it's the Frankie Panky Ocean, right? Is the Atlantic? It's the Atlantic Ocean, yeah. So it's basically where the, you... where the St. Lawrence flows into the Atlantic. So, yeah. So it's... you're getting deer, you're getting dolphins, you're getting... Uh, well, we I don't see dolphins from here. I have seen a whale no. from here. You're getting whale? I have seen Lots whales. Lots of whale out yeah. there. Yeah, okay. uh, seals okay. for sure. Oh, yeah. seals are so They're cute. They're beautiful, yeah, yeah. Are they coming right up on your lawn? Like you no, got to pat no, them no, off no. with a canoe paddle? No, 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 no. But you do see them in the ocean when we're out walking. Okay. Yeah. And some that would be a fun game if they were like a pesty kind of like <laughs> pigeons, just batting them right into the ocean. I wouldn't want to. Um, no, we're not. We're not beating seals <laughs> on this podcast. Jesus, where has this podcast gone? Um, that's the quote, by the way, Ajay uh, Heble, <laughs> seal paddler. Um, where, what are you doing? So a number of things. So one of the big things that I'm excited to talk about is the second edition of if, uh, our improvisation festival. So, you know, one of, <laughs> one of the things that, um, you know, people ask me, you know, what's next? Well, after giving yeah, up the jazz yeah. fest, I had always wanted to start through, through my Institute. I'd always wanted to start an improvisation festival, a, oh a multidisciplinary God improvisation festival and the the idea was once we had our venue improv yeah, lab yeah, that yeah. would be the place to do it right but but in okay. fact last year during covid uh we thought why not start this improvisation festival online right. uh, and uh because people were you know it was a, a difficult time for a lot of artists we managed to get a little bit no of doubt. funding uh, yeah. uh, so we were able to pay artists, many of whom were having a difficult time earning a wage in the marketplace, people whose gigs were getting canceled, venues were getting closed. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we were able to hire about 150 artists to perform for us. Wow. Uh, and just wow. to do very short, they didn't have to leave, they didn't have to leave their homes, right? Just to record yeah. Uh, yeah. 10 minute performances, uh, mu right. music, theater, spoken word, visual art, right. Uh, right. whatever. I mean, anything improvised right. basically. Okay. Uh, and uh, so last year we had, I think, 150 artists from probably wow. 30 countries around the world. Uh, and wow. and we ran it as a kind of Nuit Blanche uh, or Nuit Blanche uh, plus Nuit Jour, uh, you know, okay. 24 hours, all no? day, all 24 night. hours yeah, exactly. nonstop okay. Okay. Uh, uh, all around the world. So we kind of were able to play with time zones no matter where you are, yeah. there's something yeah. going on. And wow. so we ran it for 24 hours in August last year, and okay. we had probably okay. over 5,000 people tune in from all around the world. Wow. And wow. amazing commentary, amazing artists. Uh, wow. We hired a fantastic uh, tech director who's Canadian but lives in Wales. His name is okay. Ed Sinclair, okay. uh, uh, like a film, film producer and director. Uh, uh, who did a, an incredible wow. job pulling it all together, like putting together this 24-hour stream. So I'm excited wow. to tell you that the second edition of IF, uh, uh -huh. IF 2021, is scheduled for August 13th and 14th this year. Okay. So I don't know, okay. uh, the podcast will probably air after that. Is that right? Um, to be determined, but maybe maybe we can, um, I can, I can, Make it work. I'll yeah, try. Whatever. So, I'll try to get it. I'll yeah. try to get it in advance. That'd yeah. Be cool. So cool. improvfest.ca yeah. is where okay. it's free, open access. Anyone can Great. tune in. Great. 
And yeah, it's a great community. I mean, it's an opportunity to connect with people all around the world to hear, I mean, some of the artists we've just talked about. So Evan Parker, William Parker. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. uh, You know, so they're, they're, yeah. Along with uh, amazing poets like Lorna Crozier, uh, George Eliot Clark. Yeah. I mean, it's just uh, an incredible lineup. Judah Thompson, the playwright. Once again, uh, connecting the dots on those two loves of, uh, of literature yeah. and, and the English yeah. and, uh, and poetry and all of yeah. that in your world and, and improvisation. Yeah. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. So, so, so you, 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 can't stop. You can't stop. Eh? It's, it's in you. It's in you. You love to, to program, to, con- to connect the dots and to build community in your work. It's just, it's it, there. Eh? Yeah. I mean, of course I've been running this musical yeah. event here in the guest BC. Oh, you, you are. Well, this yeah. year it's on hold because of COVID. Okay. But okay. Uh, you know, there's talk about doing something again next year. Very uh, cool. We'll look at that. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I mean, a lot of other projects yeah. on the go, but maybe we could save yeah. that for another uh, another podcast. Yeah, no, this has been a delight. It's nice to have a window into not only a window to the ocean, but a window into your uh, to your to your career and learning more about you and where you come from and how you've managed to uh, to build this beautiful life. Ajay, I just I'm, I really admire all that you've you've managed to do so far and and what you're up to. You you always have many things cooking that are all exciting. So it's it's just exciting to, uh, to to have this moment with you, you know? So thank you for making time. Oh, well, thanks for inviting me, and thanks for the great interview. And where, where can people learn more about, about your work then? You mentioned the festival um, yeah, so, address. So Im- improvfest.ca oh. for the uh, Improvisation yeah. Festival. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, just um, uh, that would probably be the place. But uh, okay. yeah, otherwise look up the International Institute for Critical Studies and Improvisation. There's, there's all, all kinds of stuff there. Uh, a very active website. Uh, the, the journal I've already mentioned, improvcommunity.ca. Uh, criticalimprov.ca. We have so many websites, yeah. I get them all confused. But uh, yeah, well, criti- no, criticalimprov.ca is the, the journal. Okay. Yeah. okay. I was so impressed with how you were able to um, just rifle off all of the acronyms with, yeah. with precision. So thank you, man. You're welcome. Take care. Take good care of yourself. Okay, you it's too. great to see yeah, you. Yeah, nice to talk. Yeah, love you, man. Okay, take you care. Too. Take care. Bye, Rich. All right. I mean, what an episode. Uh, Karen Scott, he speaks so fondly of, of you. Um, but, but wow, I, 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 you're, when you introduced Ajay, uh, it, those are big shoes to fill. I just admire the way you're going about it, being your own artists, your own curators, but also honoring that deep history that, that IJ helped uh, forge. Um, that's a tricky thing, right? Cause you're coming into a thing that's already well established, but um, yeah. Ha- has that been, d- does that help inform your, the way you, the way you do what you do? Uh, it must. Well, the advantage that we have, I'd like to think is that it's two of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot, a lot of Canadian festivals, a lot of festivals worldwide in the field, are driven by a single visionary. Right. Whether we're talking about Ajay in Guelph or Michel Levasseur in Victoriaville, the, the FEMAB festival. I could go on and on. Ken mm-hmm. Pickering in Vancouver, mm-hmm. the late Ken Pickering. But Karen and I. We, comp- I think we complement each other in terms of our strengths and our areas of knowledge and expertise. Mm-hmm. So that allows us to 
um, to, I, I'd, I'd like to think to to continue the work and to to develop it in a in a, an interesting and collaborative way uh, that I'm sure that Ajay would be is in support of no yeah. no, no doubt there. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I think I think of you too as well in in this in these pandemic times. Like like just your collaborative muscle. How has jamming on this beautiful thing the guelph jazz festival how has that changed your the way you both see each other or work with each other your friendship even i look forward to spending a lot more time in person with karen (laughs) you know that it we we are we communicate i'd like to think we communicate extremely well but Mm -hmm. the mediation is hard Mm-hmm. And we've had to find creative solutions to be able to share our ideas, to disagree with one another, to to to, to sort of um, do the work in with all of its challenges in a in a responsible, rigorous, imaginative, creative way. Um, um, and I think it's probably made us stronger. I'd like to think so, anyway, Karen. Um, um, I'm looking forward to the years to come. Let's put it that way. Nice. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, we already know we work w- well from a history of yeah. working together. Um, yeah. And, you know, uh, in this sort of context, it's definitely, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's way different and it's a lot more things, but that just to me, you know, and, and, and even in a pandemic time, you know, that just means that we might have a few more, you know, hangs on the patio with drinking nice cider because uh, we got a, more things to talk about or punishing walks in January. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm really grateful. Um, I, I think that, uh, or just going back to what you were saying before about sort of stepping into um, sort of this, these shoes, these giant, mm-hmm. giant shoes that mm-hmm. Ajay's um, left a lot of people have had these sort of turnovers where they jump in and, and it's, and it's really hard and you're sort of at a, at a loss because it's um, there's a lot to learn. There's no time to learn it all at once, you know? Uh, So I'm really grateful that we sort of have each other uh, in this case to to sort of lean on each other and and know that we do already have this sort of uh, friendship from music. Yeah. yeah, And touring together and and whatever. So Mm -hmm. uh, I think, yeah. I'm, I'm grateful for that for sure. <laughs> and if I would add to that, the other thing that we have is a festival structure yeah. with a lot of um, stability um, that allows us to do really good work. And the mm-hmm. reason it's a stable organization is because of the work that was done by those that um, developed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ajay is the most prominent of those people, of course. So yeah. I'm really grateful to him for uh leaving such a such a sturdy craft that we can take off on new voyages right on yeah and and many more uh, we wish you um i you know i love that the the line in that paper about it being a festival and this idea of festive music and maybe maybe i misread it but the idea of like not necessarily well i, I never made that connection <laughs> Weirdly enough, but was was the point there that like you didn't really feel like celebrating in a pandemic, and and it was that like why you 
chose to be a little bit more deliberate um, just to not be kind of it, that it didn't seem appropriate maybe. Well, I, 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 I you're, you're talking about the paper that we wrote yeah. um, last summer. And mm. I remember thinking not about the appropriateness of presenting music at all. Okay. Mm. I didn't, don't think that we were feeling like it was too solemn to present music period. Okay. But that the, the avenues that were offered to us, namely live stream presentation, mm-hmm. insofar as something that's festive, to me, bespeaks a, a gathering of people. Like you've got the word feast in a festival. Right. Like let's gather together and have a feast. Um, that it's that kind of social, uh, the social life of the music that we were trying, that we continue to try to attend to. And I like that. Um, so a live stream experience to us, to our sensibility, um, didn't seem very festive. And we thought we shouldn't be doing any of that programming under the auspices of something called a festival then. Right, right. Let's wait until we can do something festive. And in its own small way, the programming that we were able to do in March of 2021 and July of 2021 felt festive and then the um and then the festival that's coming up in september actually i think it's going to be notably festive and really enrich people's lives well on that note i thank you both seriously for making time a month away from from this big event uh i know what that entails and i just thank you so much for making time for our audience and co-presenting these episodes um love you both and um yeah come to the jazz festival in guelph it's september 14 to 19 and learn more at guelphjazzfestival.com everybody stay safe and we'll see you again on industry tactics richard thank you so much you're doing really important work and we're really grateful for it thanks thanks again to ajay heble for making time for the podcast And go to FriendlyRich.com to learn more and listen to back episodes. We'll be back next week. And we're going to end this week's episode with a special tune. This is from their 2020 release. This is Scott Thompson and Karen Ng from their album, The Farm Session. A beautiful track, Harvest.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. 